once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down the boundary! He's gonna go! Grab his lead! Pitch on the way for Mikulacic. We got a miss! Mikulacic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super Regionals! Get ready for a next-level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm Jason Barfield, and we are down to the Sweet 16 of our Bearcat Moments Tournament. We're talking to some of the players who are involved in some of these great moments. And today, we get the chance to talk to Timothy Flanders. Flanders, whose name is almost synonymous with Bearcat football, especially in the history of this program. And when you look at the moments that are left in our Sweet 16, Flanders had a hand in four of our 16 moments. We're going to chat with him about his time at Sam Houston, some of his favorite moments and some of his memorable moments, and maybe a little funny story about uh, that Montana game that we've never heard before. All of that coming up in just a moment here on Chasing the Cup. Season tickets for the 2020 football season are on sale now. Secure your seats today and ensure you have the best view as the Cats look to claim a Southland Conference title. The Bearcats will play five games at Bauer Stadium this season, and as always, your season ticket will guarantee your spot at the Battle of the Piney Woods. You won't want to miss the action at NRG Stadium as the Bearcats look to make it 10 straight wins over SFA. To purchase your tickets, log on to gobearcats.com slash tickets or call the Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729, and we will see you at Bowers Stadium this fall. Eat them up, cats. And welcome back to Chasing the Cup. Jason Barfield here, and I'm joined by Timothy Flanders. Uh, great of you to join us. How are things going? It's going real good. It's going real good. You know, I'm blessed to be in a position that I'm in. Um, Happy you reached out to me. Um, I know it's probably it's been a while, you know, so it's real good, you know, to talk to you again. Uh, real quick, just kind of update everybody just where you are and um, and kind of what you've got going on for you professionally. Uh, I'm living in Austin now. Um, me, my girlfriend, my son. Um, you know, I've been working at the high school, Electronics High School. But professionally, um, I'm still playing. I'm in the CFL. I just signed with the Ottawa Red Blacks in December. Um, I spent a little bit of time last year with the Calgary San Peters for about a month. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm still playing, you know, still, still living the dream and, you know, trying to see where, where it takes me. Being an active uh, athlete at this point, um, obviously we're kind of in an unprecedented time right now. Um, so what, what has this been like for you and kind of what adjustments have you had to make? Oh, really? I just had to get out of the routine that I was in of, you know, working out and stuff and, you know, um, taking my son to school, you know, and everything like that. So now I have him at the house all day. I mean, I still work out. I still go in the morning. I go early enough in the morning now to where majority of the time when I'm done, he's just now waking up and everything like that. So. Really, really, the biggest adjustment for me, it hasn't been too bad for me personally. 
Um, it's just been more, you know, not having my son all day with him not being at school. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, everything else. I mean, I'm not, you know, really too worried about in a way. So what? You know, I mean, I'm what's the CFL season like? When when y'all's start date, finish date? What's what's that schedule like? And kind yeah. of kind of how is that impacted right now? Um, so we really we usually go from the end of May when we start training camp, like the middle. I think this year training camp opens May 17th. And then uh, training camp is for like two weeks, I think, two and a half weeks. Um, the regular season starts in early June. We go from June to November. Okay. And so um, the biggest thing now, I think the whole country, Canada, I think they're going through their decision-making. Um, I know we've been in contact with CFL. They've been sending out emails. You know, as of right now, nothing has been pushed back. But I don't. I think it will get pushed back eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, just just health reasons for everybody. You know, you you want to keep everybody safe. That's the main thing. So, um, if that happens, I don't. You know, they may have to push back training camp. I mean, they may have to shorten the game schedule from eighteen games or something like. We play eighteen games, so they may have to shorten that. I mean, I just I just don't know. But as of right now, I mean, they've been sending out emails trying to keep us in the loop of what's going on. So I mean. I, pretty much we're just waiting to hear back so you're just kind of in a, in a in a waiting pattern right now just waiting to see what uh what the word's going to be huh yeah yeah that's yeah that's the hardest thing i mean um but for me i'm still saying sticking to my my same training routine and um just in case we do start on time and then if we don't if they push it back you know and they may have to shorten training camp you know you never know yeah. so, so then if that happens that's less that's less time for guys to showcase their talent for them to make a team because you're you know it's, it's on a, a move fast type of thing so i'm kind of you know just staying to it um been in the playbook a little bit and you know trying to just keep working all right so let's let's dive into some sam houston talk and um i know you said you've seen what we were doing on uh twitter yeah. last week where we're doing our bracket and uh voting for the top moments the games the championships the players and unfortunately individually you did take a loss in the second round uh losing to yeah. Luke, Luke Perhoda and um so individually you're out but when you look at the sweet 16 and what we still have available yeah. there's still the battle of the piney woods moments which i think you know the flanders flip is probably maybe the iconic moment of uh the recent battle of the piney woods there's football's mm-hmm. win over montana that is, uh, it's a strong number one seed in the games, and I think it's got a good chance to uh, to get into the championship. And then you've got the 2011 championship team as well in the mix, and uh, just kind of what that what that team was and, and everything like that. And then in the games region, also the 2012 Eastern Washington game and uh, that semifinal win for you guys as well. So. You still have a hand in about four of these matchups, and so yeah. we'll kind of talk a little bit about them, but I think the main thing I want to jump into first is the game against Montana, the, the 2011 semifinal game here at Bowers, and um, you Ooh, know, it's, yeah. it's a game that you know we, we've talked a lot about over the years. We did the 30-minute documentary, The Decision, over that game and um, it you know the the fourth and one play is a moment that's been replayed 
over and over, but, you know, just let's go back to, to just to the beginning of that and, you know, getting to host a game, a semifinal game here at Bauer Stadium, ESPN is in the house. Just what was yeah. that atmosphere like for you as a player? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You know, especially being um, in the FCS, you don't get that many opportunities to, you know, to, to showcase what you have on, on national TV. And I think it was a, a good thing for our program as well. Um, for my teammates, you know, guys, they, they go to San Houston with, you know, you have to make the playoffs in order to get like those big games and we got to do it at home. So I know a lot of guys, families came in, you know, if they didn't come, they had a chance to watch the prime time, you know, on national television. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. The, the crowd and the energy that the crowd brought, how much did you guys feel that? Oh, yeah, we, uh, we felt it the whole game. Yeah, we felt it the whole game. You know, I never um, – I mean, I played at K-State. You know, the crowd was, was like, always loud. You know, but when I transferred, I, I felt like at first I wasn't going to never get that feeling again. But that, it came back. <laughs> it came at that moment. You know, um, I think we, we, we always played to the momentum. I mean, I think that year in particular, we – I mean, it was a lot of games that we blew out teams and stuff like that. But the crowd, they – the crowd kept getting bigger and bigger because they wanted to see it. And um, and I think the whole ESPN, that brought like an extra meaning to the whole stadium field. And um, I mean, we loved it after seeing <laughs> We We always talk about it. But yeah, man, the crowd coming. You know, as a player individually, um, I want to thank the fans because without them, you know, a lot of this stuff wouldn't have happened. And y'all really fed off that, especially early. Um, you guys go out, y'all's opening drive, y'all march seven plays, and um, Brian Bell runs one in from 11 yards out to give y'all the lead. Yeah. And then you break off the big run, 69-yard touchdown run, and y'all are up 14 to nothing, and y'all ultimately go up 21 to nothing in that yeah. first quarter. How good were y'all feeling early? <laughs> Man, we were feeling real good. We were feeling good. We were feeling hot. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was a feeling that, you know, we're, we're on the sideline. Like, we was on the sideline talking about let's let's keep going. Like, let's not make this close. Let's try to keep building on this. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the, let's keep the fans excited. That was, like, the motto of that game. So, y'all go up. I think you're up, you're up 28-7 to seven in that game yeah. in the second quarter. <laughs> and Montana gets an interception right at uh-huh. the end of the half. And they make it 28-14. And they kind of carry a little momentum. <laughs> into the half and you know i mean this is a montana team that historically speaking as, as well and this is this yeah. is the team you know people talk about north dakota state now and you know they are certainly the model for fcs football but before north dakota state yeah. montana was that model program and uh they were so this is this is a team you know is going to come back and they end up getting this down to a 31 28 game and uh-huh. you guys have the ball it's late in the game and they've been moving it, and um, and you get into a fourth and one situation, and a decision has to be made. And you know Willie Fritz decides to hand you the ball on fourth and one, just kind of as that's all developing, and you know it may get put on your shoulders. What are you thinking as a player in that moment? I wanted the ball. I was hoping he was going to call my number. I remember him calling the timeout and talking about it on the sideline and. You know, just just being around Coach Fritz, um, just a year prior in the whole season, I I just had a feeling he was gonna go for it. 
I had a feeling he was going to give me the ball. You know, I just had to make the smart play. And offensive line did a good job. I've been waiting um, for the cutback. I felt like the defense, I think they was hoping I was going to keep the front side. I think that's what I did the play before, but it was, we call it a completely different play, which gave me the a freedom to cut the ball back, you know, and that was, and that's what happened. <laughs> you know, I I actually I went back and I watched a little bit of the video um, yesterday, in fact, and um, just kind of reliving that game and and that moment, and I forget, you know, the crowd is electric and they're 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 loud, wow. but at the snap. Yeah how quiet, quiet the stadium got, you know, and there's, it just, it's like this buzz that all of a sudden stops and then yeah. explodes when you break past the line. I don't know how much you are aware of that on the field. Is, is that something that you were aware of? Could you feel that change in the moment? Well, I, I couldn't feel the change in the moment. Um, I felt like it was still, I didn't realize how quiet it was until like after I seen the video you know, stuff like that. But but I do remember them screaming aloud once I broke it. I just didn't get to feel the the change as it was happening. So you end that game, I mean, you end up sliding, you go 287 yards in that game, and the fans rush the field. There's there's all of that going on. What were the emotions like uh, on the field for you guys after that game? Oh, I you couldn't even describe it. Um, a lot of guys, you know, I think that was the game we went to the championship, right? It was that was the semis. Yes, the championship was next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a lot on our shoulders. We we knew what we was playing for, you know. And it was, it was. I, I think I was more happy for my teammates and, my, and the fans, really, the coaches as well. You know, I just felt like I had to make the play. You know that. Cap- <laughs> a lot, man, it was. It was. It was. Man, it was a great feeling. You know, at that point, you guys are you're number one in the country. You're uh, yeah. You, you you know that's now you're now fourteen and zero on the year. Fourteen and zero. Uh, and um, uh-huh. I think a lot of people kind of felt like maybe y'all were about a year ahead of schedule too after the 2010 yeah. season. And yeah. you know y'all had come so close, and you know that you know your three losses at the end of the year were by a total of eleven points. And so you know mm-hmm. you've got you've got. You coming back as a sophomore, Bell's a sophomore, and y'all, y'all got a good young group. And it just felt yeah. like as that season went, y'all just kept getting better and better and better as the year went on. Mm-hmm. What was yeah, it? I, what was it that was that was really clicking for you guys? I think it. I think it all started after the season. So from the from the previous year, I think we went what six and five. I mm-hmm. think six and five. Yeah. yeah. I think that that whole off season, that spring ball, the workouts over the summer, that fall camp, it was a lot of guys. We we held each other accountable. And we wasn't leaning on the coaches to to correct things for us. I think a lot of guys as players, leaders of, of each position held held their guys accountable and I think that that was the biggest thing. And you know, we can kind of shift gears now and we can talk twenty twelve. Um, you guys find yourself back in the uh, semifinals. This time you're on the road. You're at Eastern Washington, and this is a good yeah. Eastern oh, Washington man. team. And <laughs> you guys jump on them. What was working for early. y'all early in that game? 
It was a run, it was a runaway. What it's what was runaway. working I, for y'all? Man, we we was just playing. Like I don't even, I don't even think we there wasn't like no extra motivation and nothing like that going to that game. We was just playing and everything was clicking. I do remember we jumping out early. I remember seeing the the, the crowd leaving. <laughs> they left. And, and I don't know what happened. They came back somehow. When Eastern Washington started coming back, the game started getting close. I, I remember seeing their fans come back into the stadium. Like that was crazy. <laughs> that game was thirty. Like, that game was thirty-five nothing at the half. Yeah, I know. And then they I, they put <laughs> twenty-one on the board in the third. And uh, I, I want to say they ultimately they had gotten it down to a three-point game. And uh, yeah, you know y'all y'all were able once again. You find yourself with the ball late in the game. And once again, it's another big run for you to kind of seal things off. Um, once again, in that moment, is that is that a situation where you're just you're asking for the ball that you want it in your hands? Oh yeah, of course. I'm, especially during the, the pretty much the year prior, <laughs> it was almost like the same exact thing. Um, but I mean, it was it was it was it's so different. I mean, I wanted the ball, obviously, but the moment felt different because I think we let that game. Almost get away. Mm-hmm. Like we was, yeah, it was. We was up by a lot. Like I'd never seen a crowd leave, come back. Like that's how. Like I, you know, you can re in a football game once you leave. <laughs> like it's like that. You know, some 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 say you don't even let you come back in the game. Like you know, so they came back and you know it was a great atmosphere. It ended up being a great atmosphere until the end of the game. You know, I just want to make the play for the team again. Yeah, it was uh, – I'm looking at it now. 45-42 was the final. They had cut it down with three minutes left. They get it down to a three-point game. And uh, and you guys take the ball over after, uh, I think, a failed onside kick. On uh, Yeah, they, they go for the onside kick with three minutes left, and y'all fall on it. And so y'all basically got to kill three, three minutes of the clock. And uh, yeah. you, Keyshawn – a uh, a ten yard run by Melvis Pride to uh, yeah. to extend on third and four um, to extend that drive. I don't think a lot of people talk about that run. And then it was you for the rest of the way. It was Flanders for eight, Flanders for one, and then Flanders for five on third and three. And that's the one yeah. that sealed it. Um, you know when you when you compare the two semifinal games, um, obviously. Winning a game at home in front of a huge crowd, the first time to go to the national championship is big. How did this one compare doing it on the road and getting back for a second year? Um, it was about the same. The only difference was we didn't have the home crowd. Like that was, I think that was the only difference. We didn't have the home crowd. But it felt exactly the same. That's, that's like the simple way I can put it. <laughs> that, uh... That 2012 playoff run was also, you know, that was that was a different type of run for you guys yeah. because y'all had to do it all on the road. You know, you had the one home yeah, game yeah. to start, um, but you even had, that game was close. You had the, I think yeah, that game was kind of yeah, that game was tight as well. That was a um, that was a first round game that uh, you guys were hosting. Oh, who was that it? Came from West Coast. I think it was a team from West Coast. I can't remember who it was. Uh, that was Cal Poly. Um, Cal Poly. Yeah, Cal Poly came in. They're the number 12 ranked team in the country. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people thinking that, you know, that that's a tough 
first round matchup, and that was a low scoring eighteen to sixteen game uh, that that you guys had to really squeak out. Um, I think they had a, I think there was a muffed punt or a punt over, you know, the punter's uh-huh. a snap over the punter's head, and you know, a safety ultimately is the difference in the two point two point win there, and then. You've got to go up to Montana State and play in a cold, cold game yeah. up at Montana State. And I think, you know, the weather, they Fort thought – Yeah, they thought because, you know, yeah. here's a bunch of Texas kids coming up to Montana. They had that game one, and that was another one that I felt like you guys just kind of jumped on them, and they weren't ready yeah. for the speed – that you guys had, and you know the the offensive explosiveness that you guys had. Uh, that we still that we we were still able to do that. We were still pretty much able to do the same exact thing. And I would say, so you take that Montana State game and having played in the cold, how much did that help a week later against Eastern Washington, having already been in those really similar environments? I mean, I think it, it helped out a lot uh, mentally for a lot of guys. You know, even even in Montana State, like it was it was snowing still. Yeah. Like it was guys, it was snowing and everything. Difference with Eastern Washington, it wasn't snowing, but it was colder. It was like a more dry cold. It was, you know, and I but I think guys was ready for it. I think mentally that that helped out a lot. All right, so let's talk about really your signature moment, and that's <laughs> the Flanders flip. And that's the play that gets played over and over. And, you know, the picture that we see of you suspended upside down and the, the, the reaction uh, to, the, to the, the fans' reaction in the background and the faces. And um, talk me through that play. What, uh, you know, what were you seeing on that play? And ultimately, uh, when you decided to make the jump and you get flipped over, just kind of what's going through your mind? Yeah. So – it was. I, I think at the time our playbook was a little different than what it was and I think it was. I think the play was was meant for me to go inside. I bounced it out. I'm running to the end zone. I think it was Melvin's pride out there. I think he thought the play was over with, and his guy was the one. I I, I think it was like this. If Melvin would have just blocked this guy the whole time, it wouldn't even. This play this probably wouldn't have never happened. I would just walk in. <laughs> I think about it, and I think a guy came, and I had a feeling he was going to die with my leg. And I had one or two options. I was actually going to just try to hurdle him. That was the, that was my attendant. That's what I was going to try to do was just jump over him. Yeah. And hopefully I just, I get over him. I, I score whatever. But as that was happening in my head, I'm thinking like, all right, well, maybe I'm going to try to dive at the same time. <laughs> so I kind of got caught in between both. I was just regular diving and actually jumping over him. And I think that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> he got he got the legs and 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 spun you around. Yeah. Um it was funny because in the press conference coach Fritz kind of gave you a hard time about not sticking the landing too. Yeah, 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 he did. Man, he for the thing with coach I didn't know if he was being serious <laughs> or not. That's 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 the only thing cuz I come off the side like everybody saw but he he's talking about something else. Like but he said it with a straight face. Like he was like really serious. So like, I didn't know if he was like if I wanted to like laugh with him or I kind of rubbed it off just because we was in the game. I'm like, all right, well, he can't be, like, he can't just stay mad at me right now <laughs> because of the moment. I'm like, man, hopefully he just get over it and we just keep playing. He just go back and do what he's doing. You know, but, the, but yeah, I mean, I think that was, I think that was good too. The battle, the, the battle of the Piney Woods game, um, I, I think really, 
um, brought out the best in a lot of you guys. And uh, yeah. what was it? What was it about that game that uh, that really allowed y'all to kind of ramp it up a notch? Uh, I think it was. I think I think that first year I was there, the year we went six to five. Um, I can I think we lost. Did we lose that game? Yes, it was. It I think was we did. Yeah. A three-point loss, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was yeah. close. And, yeah, and I think that how close it was, and I feel like with us playing it at the Texas Stadium, I think that helped out a lot, too. Yeah. You know, I think. 31-28 that, that first yeah. year. In fact, uh, late in the game, y'all have got the ball down three, and yeah. – Bell's got Torrance Williams streaking down the sideline and just misses him off the fingertips that, uh, uh-huh. that probably would have won the game. Yeah. And that's an SFA team that's <laughs> that's going on to win the conference and make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's a good SFA team, too. Yeah, but and you, I think they had uh, – I think the quarterback was what, uh, Jeremy Moses? Yes. He won the, uh, the Payton that year, I think. Won the Walter Payton Award that year. And, yeah. um But that – that game, it, it seemed like because y'all were so close um, in a in a year where y'all were still figuring a lot out, um, yeah. it kind of set the stage for those next three years for you guys. And y'all, y'all played some really epic games against SFA. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think the best part of it all, we came out with, with wins on the rest of them. <laughs> you know, and then you take that in, into consideration. Um and you go now. Now it's the second year of the Battle of the Pinewood, and it's nine. Straight, I know more fans are coming to the game. It's you know? nine straight. So it's, it's nine straight wins now, and yeah, that goes back. The 2010 is the last <laughs> time SFA's won this game. So now, as an alum and a former player, when you look at that legacy that you guys started and how it's continued on, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel real good. You know, especially you. You see the type of wins that they're like. Cause I think at that point of the season, when we play SFA, regardless of when we play them or when they're playing them now, I think they take it up another level. And I think once they figure out, like it's like, all right, this is a big game. They they carry that on to the next week. You know, I think that's like a peak game. Regardless, say if you're you're like if you're winning, if you got a win streak going, you go to SFA. You take it up another level, mm-hmm. and then you realize like, all right, this this is the level we have to play. We have to play like this the rest of the season. Like we have to play better than this. Like once you take it up another level, you have to take it up each level after that. And the same goes to say if you're you're winning, you're losing, you're winning, you're losing, then you're yeah, that's SFA. You're going to bring out the best of them because I think now guys is like, all right, we can't be that team to lose this game. Yeah, <laughs> like we can't be that team. You know, and I, I think they take that into a lot of consideration now. You know, and I'm pretty sure Keeler is probably telling them guys that. You know, like this is a legacy that that started. He's probably telling them like they haven't lost the game since 2010. We have a nine game. Let's make it ten. Let's make it eleven. Let's make it twelve. You know, and I, and I think guys really amp up their game because of that reason. Every year, the team watches a video the night before that game. And the video always starts with a clip of Richard Sincere talking about how this game just means more and you're not playing for just you. You're playing for everybody yeah. who's ever played in this game. 
And, uh, yeah. and I, and I think that sets the tone. Um, and those guys kind of get that feeling. I know y'all did when you run out of the tunnel and y'all saw all the former players who were on the field well, yeah. and, and you run through them and you know, how much of their history and what they went through and then seeing them was able to drive you guys. I think it helped out a lot. I, and um, I think when I remember when Fritz was telling us that you're going to have a lot of former guys standing right here. I remember going through the walkthrough saying, like, we're going to have former guys saying they're going to make the tunnel for you. Like, I didn't realize how many guys was actually going to be standing there. Yeah. And and I think that moment, I think when we came out the tunnel, I know for myself, I didn't realize how many guys were going to be standing there. I mean, some guys probably could have been thinking a different thing, but I know for myself, I was like, yeah, this this is real deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we we, we got to get this for them. We we have to. So when you when you look back on your your playing days <laughs> at Sam Houston, um, what are the moments that stick out to you? What do you what do you remember when when you think about your your four years playing here? Um. The, the championship run, oh, man, those, those were probably the best moments. I remember going to New Mexico and beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember the, the relationship of the guys, of how close we became, like through training camp and stuff like that. That that means a lot. Um, <laughs> I remember the, the time Bill really got mad at me. This, this, what? This is funny because uh, Bill really got mad at me. I don't think nobody knows this. I think we, me and Bill, I think we talked about it once. I think we came to San Diego probably two years ago for an event. We and we brought it up. So when we, this is against um, the Montana game. Matter of fact, uh-huh. when we beat Montana, we're good. I don't know if it was the play. I think it was the play like right before the decision. Like I want to say it was that exact play. I think it was a third and one. Or maybe it was like a play. Yeah, I think it was on the fourth and one. I think I think it was right after we came out the right after the timeout. I go. <laughs> So it was a guy standing on the visitor's side. It was in the stand. It was a student. And they had on like a robot outfit on. <laughs> so before the play, I was like, Bill, I was like, hey, Bill, you, hey, you see that guy up there? He was like, what are you talking about? I think he, he's, about to, he's about to say the, the case. I'm like, look out there. There's a guy dressed like a robot. <laughs> and I remember he was like, I got these, Bill. He was like, man, shut up and get ready for the play. <laughs> I think it was right before that. I think I can't remember, but I remember that. I was like, "Man, oh my <laughs> goodness, that is good stuff." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can, yeah, I can man. see, and I can see Bell getting mad about something like that too. Yeah, and you know, you know how I mean. No, I mean he's a good. You got to think his yeah dad was a coach, brother is a coach, but he's, know, locked he's locked in. You know, yeah, he's locked. <laughs> he's locked in, and he's. I think he's yeah, I think he has a lot going on. He's like, all right, I got to catch this snap. I don't want to mess up. I don't, you know, I'm like, man, hey, man, look at this guy out there. <laughs> look in the stands. Look at this. I only, only think he even looked out there. <laughs> I was like getting so hard. To I know. I saw it. I saw it. I've never seen it. But, yeah. It was, oh, man. You know, and then I think the relationship that I formed with, with Richard and Torrance, you know, I think our, I think our senior year, we we went to lunch. We went to lunch every Friday our senior year together. Mm-hmm. Me and I think that was, you know, I, I remember we always tried to dress alike for game day. We thought we're going to wear these tights, <laughs> these, 
these bands, this is how we're going to wear our sleeves, this is the colors we're going to wear, these are the color socks we're going to wear. I remember all of that. And so, I saw you guys were having a little back and forth on Twitter today. Um, even. Yes, and, it was yesterday uh, because... Yesterday, okay. Yeah, it was because... I, I don't know what it, I don't know what brought it up. I remember I was at the combine. I got asked. It was a question I got. I can't even remember by who or what. They was like, "What was the best?" The question was, "What was the best celebration you ever seen?" And I was like, "The Duncan celebration by my my two teammates, my brothers, Florence and Richard." Mm-hmm. And at the time, they was like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Man, you have to see it." <laughs> and so then I brought it up on Twitter yesterday. And then Torrance still had the video, and I was like, "Yeah, this is it right here." Yeah. So, Coach Fritz got in on the conversation I mean, as well. I, yeah. saw, I saw him jump in there. Just he was just glad you guys never got flagged for any of that. Yeah, no. Oh man, he used to get mad. Oh man, I don't even want to count how many times. I mean, he used to hate. Um, he was. He used to be like, whenever you score, you get up. Don't talk about to the referee. You hand it to the referee. <laughs> and that's, I think, I think, I only think people realize how much we did that. Like, how many times guys actually hand the ball to the referee? Yeah. I remember, I mean, sometimes I would score and I would just drop the ball on, like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I come to the sideline, first thing Coach Rick's talking about, hand the ball to the referee. <laughs> Get the touchdown. That's the first thing he's talking about every time. He didn't care that you had broken three tackles, juke two dudes, and then, and then out sprinted everybody to the end zone. <laughs> You, you yeah. didn't hand the ball to the official afterwards, huh? Man, that's that's the only thing Coach Rich was worried about. <laughs> he didn't care about nothing else in that moment. <laughs> and then eventually, it could be like, say if I scored in the first quarter, if I dropped the ball, he'll come up to me on the sideline, hand the ball to the referee. Next time, he hand the ball to the referee. Okay, we get to like the fourth quarter, he'd be like, hey, congrats on that touchdown in the first, in the first quarter. I'd be like, man, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, man, I would never miss. You know, those those relationships that we formed with the coaches and everything like that, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining us. Um, obviously, this is a a strange time for all of us with uh, with no sports, so it was yeah. good to have a chance to catch up. Hopefully, um, you get back to your season on time, and uh, good luck this year uh, whenever you guys do get back out on the field, and we'll, uh, we'll be keeping up, and uh, maybe we can follow up with you Later on, once things are back to normal a little okay. bit, sounds good. I, man, actually, I, I, this is the one that I, I need to say though. I, okay, have at it. I've been, yeah, my bad. I think for me, this this is crazy. I don't think anybody notices. I haven't been to one San Houston game since I left playing. Oh. That I think that's like the biggest. I think mostly is because I've been gone all the way through the football season. Yeah. And then when playoffs come, I'm like, I'm like usually with my son, and I'm like, that's that's all I want to do. But I gotta make. Oh, we gotta I change that for myself. I, yeah, yeah, I gotta like for me as an alumni, I feel like I owe it to the school to. I gotta go back and, you know, I I need to go back, go to a game. Like I want I want to go talk to the to the players before a game. I think that's something. I think Coach Keeler will be something that he'll be interested in, and you know stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like I need to. I need to do that more. Well, let's let's way. make let's make it happen when uh when everything gets back to normal and we're back to playing playing yeah. football and sports again. Let's make that happen this year. Yeah. All no right. Doubt. Well, hey, appreciate you joining us. Um, it was good to talk. Um, I like the robot story. That's uh, I'm definitely gonna <laughs> gonna be using that one a lot. So uh, appreciate you joining us and good luck this year. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it.
That's going to do it for us here on Chasing the Cup. I want to thank Timothy Flanders for joining us. And remember, voting will start on Thursday for our Sweet 16 matchups. So get your picks in, and we'll talk all about it next week as we're down to our final four here on Chasing the Cup. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure to rate and review the show. If you aren't subscribing, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy ScottHolmesMusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.